Hey everyone, and welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm your solo host um, for this quick intro into Chelsea's story part two. Um, Nikki had a lot of stuff going on with work. So um, yeah, she's covered for me quite a few times. So I guess it's my turn and I am oddly very nervous about this. Um, so be kind. But this week we are going to I want to say finished out Chelsea's story, but we're not finishing her story because I feel like she has a lot left coming her way. Um, as you'll hear in this portion, um, part two of last week's episode, she's going to kind of take us through the rest of her journey thus far. So that's kind of why I say it's not finished because she is at that kind of pivotal moment where she has to decide um, surrogacy, IVF again, is she going to try and conceive naturally? What happened with the lining of her uterus? She had a lot going on. Um, and then she's got a lot to fill us in. This is another hour episode. So that's why we kind of broke it into two parts. And so we definitely want to have her back in the fall to update us because I feel like between now, May, and say maybe August, September, um, I'd love to see what she decides to do and the process of everything and, and kind of how she's doing with all of that. So definitely stay tuned for that. I also know that last week, Nikki and I kind of teased a little bit of our summer series and our event, and we were going to fill you guys in on all of that tonight. But again, Nikki is not with us because she had a lot of work stuff. She has a full-time job. Um, so she had a lot of um, calls and whatnot to do with that. So unfortunately, I don't want to spoil anything with her not here because I feel like she has a lot to say on both of those as well. So we will make sure that we fill you in next week on all of the fun things that we have coming your way. But yes, we do have a fun summer series coming. It's going to be a little mini series to kind of try and have some fun over here. Um, and then we have an event coming up in November. I want to say the date is November 12th. It is going to be in Austin, Texas. And we have a, a lot of wonderful women helping us. Some of all of whom have been on the show. So you've heard their story. Um, so stay tuned for more information when tickets go on sale, what you'll get, all of that fun stuff. We will fill you in again next week. Wow. I feel like I'm really weird and awkward by myself. So uh, Nikki will be back next week to spare you guys from me having to do this ever again alone. Anyhow, uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of Chelsea's story. And as always, you can DM us on Instagram at unlikely to apologize podcast. You can email us at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. Or our favorite thing we would love to have you do is leave us a review, rate us, leave us a review on iTunes. That is the only way for us to kind of get bumped up in the algorithm for other people to find us. So uh, yeah, we'd love for you to reach out and connect with us. And as always, have a wonderful day. And so they, at that point, they um, ran a bunch of blood work and they're like, you know, you have, like you have reoccurrent miscarriages, you have one fallopian tube or you're missing a fallopian tube, you have endometriosis, 
And there was one other thing. There the was ash for the ash Oh, that... I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that. that yet. Gotcha. And so they're like, I mean, you have like these things going against you, but like all my blood work came back fine. And so this doctor's like, let's do a hysteroscopy, which is a scope of your uterus yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and just see what's going on. And so when she did that, she told me that that's when I got diagnosed with Ashwin's, which is scarring of your uterine, your uterus wall. So what happens is, uh, your lining is thinner on that if it even has blood flow. Um, and then so for pregnancy attaches to that, it's not going to be getting any, hardly any nutrients. So it's, it's, it's not going to be able to survive. So, um, I, she said at the time I had 30% scarring in my uterus. Um, okay. so what you do is like after the surgery, they basically put you on like a high dose of estrogen. It helps like buff up your lining. And I did it for like three or four weeks. And then basically they're like, okay, take six months, start trying. If you guys aren't pregnant in six months, come back, we can do a monitored cycle, um, where you go in like, you know, every other day and they're watching. And so, you know, when you ovulate and they're like, have sex at this time. And mm-hmm. so, um, which is so great, you know, it was, part. <laughs> it makes it so romantic. Yeah. We, we did that for years. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah scheduled sex. Get home, yeah. lunchtime. Let's yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it so much work. Um, but so anyways, the whole time I, I just didn't want to wait anymore. And so I, I went in, we did the, in January of 2020, we did a, excuse me, a, um, monitored cycle. Um, but so this is 2020, I got really sick during my monitored cycle. So on the day I ovulated, I had 103 temperature. I think it was COVID (laughs) (laughs) because I tested negative for the flu. And, uh, it was like very flu, like, like couldn't breathe. Like I was sick for like very, very sick. Uh, I had a crazy high fever, like, and so I didn't get to like do the monitor cycle. And so the next cycle, they were like, well, we can try again. And I'm like, she's like, or we can do IVF. And would you only have one fallopian tube. So we're not going to do IUI. It doesn't really make sense. Right. Cause like if right. you're not ovulating from that side and, and this is really crazy. I don't know if you guys know this, there have been cases of women who have no fallopian tubes who still get pregnant. Somehow the egg finds their its way into the uterus. So she's like, it's very rare, but it can happen. Um, cause she had had someone who had no fallopian tubes who got pregnant naturally. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it's super rare, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's kind of like where you have the, what is it? The two pregnancies at the same time, um, or two different, uh, what is it? Two different sacks. Yeah. Uh, What's it called? There's a name for Mm -hmm. it, but that's also something that's very rare, but somebody can have two pregnancies. One can start at what they're not twins. So one will start early on. And then like two or three months later, you can have another pregnant and you have two pregnancies. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. The body is wild. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. What it wants, what it, it does. Wants. Yeah. Um, so we uh, decided we we're going to do the IVF process. So I, I was on like day two of an egg retrieval and that's when everything shut down. They shut down like the procedure. So I just had to wait. Um, so then I did an egg retrieval in May of 2020. And um, everything was going great. I had like 30 something eggs, 15 were mature enough to be fertilized and all 15 made it to the blastocyst stage. We paid to do the uh, genetic testing. Only two or three of them were abnormal. We had nine high quality chromosome normal 
eggs, five, um, or not embryos. embryos. Yeah. Five, uh, girls and four boys. So mm -hmm. yeah. So it was crazy when you see the, like the genetic stuff. Cause I was curious of looking at the ones that were abnormal. Like, is it the same genetic thing? And there was no like correlation. <laughs> um, but then you also have the mosaic ones, which those can like go either way. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not like our first round we had, we had all mosaic, but they were not going to turn into anything. Oh, really? And then the, well, I guess it was two. And then our last round, we had four embryos and none of them. Were bad. Yeah. The amount I have was insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, my doctor was like, this is not normal <laughs> to have this <laughs> right. many. Yeah. Um, yeah. To have nine. So, um, because, so I had, um, it's like when you're going through the egg retrieval process, you can get, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically your ovaries are overstimulated. Um, and since we were doing the genetic testing, we weren't going to do a fresh cycle anyways, but I was really reactive to the medicine. So like, they're like, Hey, you need to chill out. Like your ovaries need to take a break, take a break and don't do any bending, you know, like twisting. Cause when you do an egg retrieval, especially cause you have all these eggs on your ovaries, it's really, um, easy for your, your ovary to get twisted. And so you don't, that's a surgical thing that you mm -hmm. have to get yeah. done. So you have to be really careful. So we did, um, we started our first round of IVF. And I was in, it was just like a regular medicated cycle. Um, but I was having heart palpitations and, um, and so we had to stop it. Cause I was like, is this normal? And they're like, no, you need to like, stop. Like I'm having this like feeling that my heart's like skipping a beat and I'm like all the time. And it was really bizarre. And so my mother-in-law works for cardiologists. So he got me in like really quickly. They did all the tests and I had to get like, so my first IVF cycle got canceled um, because of this. Which is can't crazy continue. because you've already paid all the money and did all the meditation and you just couldn't right. do your hypertrophy. Yeah. Expensive. But yeah. So, but what's, what was nice about that clinic, if the doctor stops the cycle, all of your fees get applied to the next cycle. Like you don't oh, have to wow. pay. Yeah. So that was exciting. So right. I didn't, I mean, but, but the medicine you, I had to, have to rebuy I have to rebuy the medicine. That's thousands of dollars. Like yes. it's not like the medicine's 20 bucks at Walgreens. Mm -hmm. Like it's expensive. We were looking yeah. at like good RX. We were trying to find her like all types of like discounts. No, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and so anyways, uh, I go to the cardiologist, everything checks out. He's like, your heart's great. Cause and so I'm like, perfect. He's like, it's probably just anxiety. You should probably get into therapy. <laughs> and like, you know, and so I started going to therapy for my anxiety and just really working through the trauma I had went to because went through already. Like I already have a past of medical trauma right. just from, I mean, I've had so many surgeries, things that have happened in my life, um, which I think are all celiac related of just when I wasn't gluten-free, just my body was haywire. Um, and so going through all the anxiety and stuff. And one thing that I recommend she had me do is I brought in a picture, uh, that represents like, it was a picture of me for each pregnancy. So it was like a picture, like where I knew I was pregnant. So like the first one was we went to, I had like my little hand on my stomach, you know, I'm like eight weeks pregnant or something. Like there's nothing there, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, and so this is something that I really, I, I do now a lot is I'll look at that picture and like, what would you tell this, this version of yourself? And so that was like really powerful. So I really recommend if you're going through stuff and struggling, that was something that is, you will cry like, and, and you, and so each session we worked through like one picture of everything. Um, and so it was, that was something that was really helpful for me of like working through that trauma and like being able to 
talk to my earlier self of like, girl, you don't even know what you're about to go through. Like, (laughs) just wait, buckle up kind of thing. Um, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure you can reflect and be like, God, like I did all this, like things that you never would imagine you had to do. You did this. I survived this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I was in so much of a survival mode for so long. And I think just until recently, I've kind of gotten out of it. Um, of just you're in it. It's like something you're constantly thinking about. Like, even when we weren't trying, we took a year off the whole time. I'm just like, will I be able to have kids? Like, it's just something that's always there. Um, and so it's not a fun place to live being in this in between because I felt like I had put my life on hold because I'm ready to have be a parent. I'm ready to like live this next stage. I'm over the whole 20, let's go party and day drink all like I want to have a family I want to take that next step and you're just in this holding pattern of like it's not happening and I'm seeing my friends get pregnant um you know I had a friend who was pregnant at the same time my atopic pregnancy and that was really hard because I got to see her pregnancy progress and we had like a due date that was like five weeks apart you know or so or my due date would have been like I mean Mm -hmm. or not five weeks like five days apart so that was like really hard and you're seeing people have like baby number two and you're just like, I just fucking want one. Right. Like that's, you know. that's kind of where I am with all my friends are all on baby number two. And for the most part, I've handled it pretty well. We just found out friends of ours got pregnant on Sunday. And this was the first time that I feel like I actually had like a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I was extremely happy for them. I yes. love them. They're one of my favorite couples. And I was, I was thinking about it on Monday and I was replaying the conversation in my head and I felt my heart and like my stomach drop. And I was like, all right. So that's, that's, that's a reaction. Cause I normally yeah. don't get that. Oh, I have a question for you on that. Is this the first pregnancy friend since you had your surgery? Mm. Yes. Term of your uterus. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I can see that's that, that very grief, grief reaction rearing. It's lovely head there. And that was another conversation with Nick. You need to go to therapy. Just, just, yes. you now have it like and I didn't and I again truly happy for them. Couldn't think of better parents. Like, so like I want to be a part of the biggest life. Take away. Right. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird. So I went through this when my brother and um, sister-in-law, their, their babies do June uh, 10th. And, um, I went through it too, of like, I'm so happy for them. Like all my friends, I'm so happy for them, but you're just so upset. Like I would, I would like cry about it. Cause Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm happy for them. I'm glad they didn't have to go through stuff and didn't struggle and they got pregnant. I think it took a year or less than a year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm so happy for them that it's a successful pregnancy too, but also you're just so, it's like bitterness and you're just, it, and it's so weird because it's two totally different emotions and at the same time, at the same time and they're different, right. like they're complete opposite feelings. Right. So. Yeah, it was weird. So. I, I totally felt the shift in my body, like my body language, everything. Like I was happy yeah. more on FaceTime because I didn't, I didn't know what my face looked like. Oh. Yeah. So that was my request to my friends. I'm like, if y'all get pregnant, please do not tell me in person. Tell me via text so I can have my time to react. But I also started avoiding a lot of stuff. I don't know if y'all did this because yeah, I don't go to baby showers. I still won't go to baby showers. See, I did. I embraced I, all I, of it. I have. It depends on the person. I still won't. And yeah. We stopped yeah. trying. No, I've embraced point. it. I've embraced all my friends. Um, at least I think so. I mean, maybe subconsciously. I think the first round of pregnancies, I was more involved. I think the second round is kind of where I kind of lingered or like stood in the back, like, yeah, you know, I'll send a gift or whatever. But like the first ones, I was super excited, checking in on everybody, seeing how they are. And again, this is a, probably the grief reaction that's happening with me. And 
it's not something I acknowledge that I do, but when you always challenge me to like, think about the things like, mm-hmm. and I go, Oh, I did do that. You know, yeah. I, I ignore that. I'm ignoring if that makes sense. Yeah. I got last year, I was off of Instagram for a year. Cause I was like, I am tired of seeing baby updates of people that I haven't talked to since college, high school. Like, why am I letting them ruin my day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they're not close friends. Like I'm never going to see them in real life. Right. And like, but and also even like, I have a friend who he would invite uh, me and my husband to come to his son's like basketball games or football games. And his son was like eight at the time. And I'm like, I don't want to go like I, cause it's so hard because I want to be a parent so bad and mm-hmm. experience, like I want my Saturdays to be filled with going to games, like right. all the stuff, like, yeah. and it's just, it was really hard. So I definitely have been, I avoided, I, especially after it was our last cycle and it didn't work. I just got off social media. Like I was like, I'm just avoiding all the kids stuff. So you Um, said in the beginning that you did IVF, you said five cycles. Yeah. So that first cycle got canceled. So then the second cycle we were, um, it was in July. And so my first hysteroscopy that with the fertility clinic was in August. And so they like to do it every year. And so she's like, I think you're probably fine. Let's do this cycle. So we did the cycle. And then there was like a, um, something in my ultrasound kept showing up. I think I had a pocket of like fluid. And so that cycle got canceled and she's like, because it's not like a viable, healthy environment or whatever. And so again, went through all this medication (laughs) and gets canceled, you know, cause you're going every other day, getting blood work, doing, um, vaginal ultrasound, ultrasounds. And so it's just like so much work, um, to do it. And so then I had a hysteroscopy again, the scar tissue had come back. So we cleaned it up. And then did like high dose estrogen. And then so at the end of September, October, we did our first IVF cycle. Um, I was convinced I was pregnant. Like, I mean, cause you're on, so I had to do like progesterone shots. Um, I'm not sure if you had to do that after your egg retrieval. Like I was on a bunch of medicine. Um, so we did the egg retrieval. Or not the egg retrieval, the IVF transfer. We never got to the transfer. Oh, we never okay. had any Bible readings. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so we didn't get that far. Okay. Yeah. It... I, I thought the egg retrieval was rough and like those IVF cycles are not for the thing of heart. Like I've watched people on Instagram do the transfers. And yeah. The progesterone shots and the needles are huge. Yeah. And, 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 and like to do it through like 10 weeks of pregnancy once you are pregnant. Yeah. But yeah. And, um, I also was on blood thinners too, because so there's, I don't know how much, so, you know, in the world of fertility, a lot of stuff, um, is like throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks like yep. kind of thing like there's not because there's not a lot of well, scientific studies everyone's different there's not a lot of studies women aren't signing up to do these studies to see like does this work does it not yeah. like so there's not a lot of stuff and so for Ashermans, there's a theory that if you're on blood thinners and the egg attaches to the Ashermans, that um you uh can um it'll get more nutrients because your blood's thinner so it's able to like pass through mm-hmm. sure. So I was doing injectable blood thinners, like in my stomach, they bruised. I was so bruised. Like I couldn't, I had just bruises all around my belly button. Cause you have to do like half of around and you're rotating. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. And so, um, and then the progestion shots, um, and then, oh, and that's another thing I found out that, uh, I had to get reaction through certain shots. There's something in the shot and they have no idea what it is that I have allergic reactions. So that's also another thing I was going through. <laughs> so the first, when that first transfer didn't take, cause I swore I was pregnant. Cause like I was sick and 
but also you're on so many you're hormones. on so many medications yeah. it's your body's just it. like what the fuck so is when that on? came I, yeah i have a question to mm-hmm. clarify something so so the first two cycles you didn't do a transfer when did you is the nine embryos that you had out of one ivf egg retrieval or is it a combination of the other three so I did one egg retrieval. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just use them through. The, and you just use you them through your cycle. Transfers. I did multiple transfers. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So my, so really my first true transfer when it was not positive, I was devastated because I just thought, I mean, they told me I had like a 75% chance of getting pregnant or something like that. Like so ridiculous. Well, high. I like, talk about this all the time. So you get to IVF, it's going to happen. Like everybody yeah. has this idea that you get to that stage and it's there, I mean, no well, one says like, yes. I mean, a 25% chance it's not happening. Like, that's crazy. I think any normal cycle of just for a normal person, I think your percentage of getting pregnant is like 30%. So 75%, yeah. this is happening. Right. Like yeah. I had no doubt in my mind that this was happening. And, you know, and then it's like, you start thinking about things. You can't like, my mind starts wondering of like, <laughs> when am I going to decorate the nursery and like all this stuff. Which I had is- a Pinterest board. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I had a Pinterest board for my whole thing of like how I was going to do my announcements. And yeah. I was going to do a barbecue, like diaper and brew thing. Like I had the whole yeah. thing planned out. Oh yeah. It's my, I'm the same way. Yeah. And, and we also had a small room in our house that so that would be in the nursery. So I never really did anything with it when we moved into back to Houston. Cause I'm like, well, I'm not going to spend the time money to get this room into like this cute little guest room or whatever. I mean, we had a bed in there, but it's going to be a nursery here soon anyway. So like, why? Right. So that room was like a very sensitive space in the house. Yeah. And so anyway, so we decided to hold off on doing any more. Cause I was just like, not in a good headspace I to know, go through that again. So my doctor, we picked kind of, okay, after the cycle, we're going to, did you just transfer one? Embryo? I just transferred one. So the first IVF transfer how I understand is you only transfer one after that, if it's unsuccessful, it's up to your doctor, but usually you're clear to start transferring two if you're fine with that. Mm-hmm. So we had nine or eight at this point. So when we, Oh, that's, I did an ERA, which is a, um, so when they do an IVF, um, transfer, there's a window of when your uterus is willing to accept that embryo. So you can't just like put it in and wherever. So they're like tracking stuff because you don't want to ovulate where that uh, egg gets released. So it's like this fine line because you do have fo- uh, follicles growing. Um, so they're measuring those follicles and when they get to a certain point, and they're also measuring your endometrium lining because they want it to get thick. Well, I have Asherman, so my lining is usually on the thinner side, but the, ideally you want your lining over eight millimeters. I think it's only eight. It's eight, whatever the, <laughs> whatever the measurement is. Um, and so, uh, my lining was always right on the border. And so, but they also, so it's all timing, it's all timing, but they have this thing you can do called an ERA that, um, they go in at, in the office and they take a sample of your uterine wall. So you go through, like you're doing a cycle. So all the same medications and then when, and they get that, it's a test that shows what window that they need a transfer in. Cause some people it needs to be earlier and some people it needs to be later. Well, mine came, so that was basically a cycle. Um, you know, you have to pay for all the medicines and stuff and cause it's, you're just not doing the transfer. Um, if your doctor tells you it feels like period cramps, they are lying. <laughs> I cussed my doctor out. <laughs> because I was like, I, it was so painful. I mean, they're scraping your uterus. Right. Like, they don't does. lie to you or put you. No, 
Uh, they don't give you any. They're oh like, take some Tylenol before you come. And it's like when when I did my ID to take it out and they couldn't get it out, and they're like, oh, you just feel some scraping. I'm like, you are scraping the inside of me, trying like a fishing line, trying to hook this thing out of yeah. me. I was like, where are my drugs? Yeah, <laughs> I and he, she was like, I've never had this reaction before. I was like, by the way, you should get this done so you can describe the pain because it is not like period cramps. And I have endometriosis. Right. Like I know what period cramps are. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so much worse right. than that. And it was like my uterus spaz the rest of the day. My mom was in town and thankfully she has, she had muscle relaxers for her TMJ. Mm. And so she's like, here, take this. And that was amazing. Yeah. But I like drove myself home. Like, I mean, you should have, they should have definitely medicated you. <laughs> um, so that was great. So I did this test, came back normal. Cool. So we decided, okay, like in January, February, in the new year, we're going to, we're going to start again. So my doctor's like, let's do another histoscopy. So this is number three <laughs> this time in December, like, or the cycle before we start, right. start. So we can just make sure there's nothing there. And thankfully we did that because a band of scar tissue had formed, like that was basically blocking the entry of my uterus. So <laughs> broke that up. Um, and so um, we proceeded with transfer really number four, but it was actually number two, I guess, of like, we actually did the transfer, mm -hmm. um, did it the same way as the first one. So the same medication stuff. Um, and then we did two embryos that time. Um, so what's so weird about the transfers is you pick which embryo, like you can just say, I want the best one, but we're doing two. And I'm like, well, do I want to do two girls, two boys, boy, girl, like, what do I want to do? And so what, I end up doing is writing like embryo one, embryo two on sh sheets of paper because they're all high quality, mm -hmm. all chromosome normal. So, I mean, there wasn't really one that was like over the other. Right. The best one we put in that in October in one. Uh, because that one got to a blastocyst by day five versus day six. So they're like, that is actually slightly better. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's just kind of like not a huge difference. So that's how we picked. We just drew it out of a little tin of like, these are the two because it just felt weird to me of like picking... Right. Do I want my first baby to be a boy or a girl or what, you know, like it just feels too like playing God to me a little bit on that, which I, that was just me. So that's how I just randomly selected. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and so that one was a failed transfer too, um, which that two week wait during an IVF transfer is so excruciating. You're not supposed to test, but then I end up always testing and then driving myself insane. Well, because you have hormones in you that will give yeah. you a, a positive pregnancy when you're not pregnant. Yeah. And you have to act like you're pregnant. They're like, I mean, you're, you have this embryo. They're in you. you. Yeah. yeah. They're in, yeah. they're in the womb essentially. Yeah. So they're in yeah. the womb. Yeah. Whether they're sticking yeah. or not. Yeah. So, um, for cycle three, my doctor, and this was the final cycle that we did decided to switch things up. And I was on some different medications. She thought that, um, it could be something with my immune system. So like I was on immune suppressant, um, which was great during COVID I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> to be on something that's suppressing your yeah. immune system. So I didn't like go anywhere. Which was off the yeah. Yeah. And we're like all the masks and everything. And so, um, and so anyway, so that also was a fail. And so when we go and talk to her like next step, she's like, uh, you might need to start thinking about surrogacy which was so shocking to me. Cause I was like, what do you, I mean, so you did, did you do two embryos yeah. again? So yeah. So we two, four, so five, five. so you have four, embryos I have four left. left. Yeah. Three girls and a boy. And so, um, 
I remember just being shocked of like, am I really here at this moment of like surrogacy now? And what's so crazy is I remember telling, like being like, I would never do IVF. And then it's like, when I got presented with the option, I'm like, and I always thought like, I don't know if I would ever do surrogacy. It's a lot of money. It just is weird. I'll just like, there's so many kids who needs homes, like foster kids, stuff like that. Like, why would I do this? And so when you're sitting here thinking about it, it's very odd when you're presented with, like you're in that situation this is your option. because people say all the time, like, oh, I would never do IVF or whatever. And it's like, cool. But if you're in that position, you might think differently when it's like, you're actually there. Right. Um, yeah. We had, I had, we made the decision not to do it Yeah. because what essentially was for us was I, I would have to carry on with having a normal cycle and be in pain every day. Yeah. And no matter how many surgeries I did, I was still going to be in pain. So I had like, we had to remove my uterus. There yeah. Was just there's no, no quality of life there. No. I no. mean, and I, really did. I mean, we talked about this. I was stuck like two weeks out of each month. And his John was like, this is like me and him is like, this is not a way for me to live. Like we just, no. we're not doing it. No. Yeah. And so I wanted to take a break because I was, That's a lot. it's a lot. Well, because part of having a baby is being, for me, at least it was being pregnant. So that's what I had to go through therapy is my therapist is like, do you want kids? Are you wanting to be pregnant? Cause they're two totally different things. And I was like, I want both. Yeah. Like I'm not willing at that point in time to give up that life experience. I want to experience it. Um, and so I had to think really hard, like, do I even want kids? Like I've always, I've been pushing this goal for so long that I needed to stop and like recalibrate of like, is this the way we want to go? I mean, maybe we, and, and my husband was like, he's like, I'm fine with having or without having kids. He was like, it's totally up to you. You're bought, you're going through this. Cause it was excruciating. So I did back-to-back transfers. Like I didn't have a cycle in between. I would not recommend doing that. That was, my body was so out of whack from all the medications. I didn't have a period for like 90 days, mm. which my doctor's like, yeah, that's kind of normal. Like not a big deal. And I'm like, okay, drives me what? <laughs> like that is not like I was, I'm 36 days to a T mm. never like yeah. deviated from that. And now I'm like at 90 and it, I mean, I had to like beg for them to come in and like check and stuff. And then finally it, it all worked its way out. But during that time, and, and I was still going to therapy of really, and just doing a lot of internal searching and journaling and stuff of like, is this a journey I still want to be on? Right. Um, well, you've been through a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And your body has been through yeah. a lot and the trauma from all of it. Like, I mean, even just the suppressed of... trauma, because you, you, everybody says there's trauma and so, then there's the stuff that's like, yeah yeah so I reckon like the book that I I haven't finished but is the body keeps score we've had three or four women come on and they talk about I I have to read it you so in the beginning of the book it says like you're not ready to do the work like don't okay and so I pause for a long time because I'm like I don't think I'm ready to work through this yet like I I'm just like in this protective mode so um, we also decided that we were switching clinics. I wasn't very happy the doctor was fine. I did feel like for Asherman, she was a little inexperienced. And so my last cycle she had, or when we had our consultation and she brought up surrogacy, she did consult an older, a more established doctor who like founded this practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like known in Houston really well being like an IVF kind of whiz guy. Like he's the guy, you know, but it's weird. I couldn't transfer to him. So it was just an I was having a lot of issues with the office. They messed up my insurance and they were trying to get me to like pay thousands of dollars. And I was just like, you guys messed it up, not me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
sorry. (laughs) I'm not, yeah, it was like seven grand they were trying to just pay. So we decided to take a break. And in the meantime, I had a recommendation for this one doctor. We, I had met with him back in January and then we met with him again in July. And I really liked him because my old clinic didn't really emphasize diet um, at all, which I, my whole life, everything diet has been such a big factor for me of getting through illnesses and getting off medication. And so I'm very, think that's like, I mean, the science is there, right? Right. And so food is medicine. Yeah. Food is medicine. And, and also they were putting me on medications that I was having allergic reactions to, and I was having to take Benadryl every night because I'm having allergic reactions to medicine. So it doesn't make sense. Like you're not even creating a good environment. If my body is having an allergic reaction, right. like why are we trying you're to already transfer? in a hostile environment? Yeah. And you're not, and, you, and the Benadryl is really just a band-aid because you're not taking away what's the you're root cause. You're continuing to yeah. put more in. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he, and I really liked um, Dr. Nobler at CCRM in Houston. I really liked him because he also, um, didn't do any pseudoscience of like, if there's not a study, which take it or leave it, but he was like, you're on too many medicines. Like you, why? And he said it very professionally of basically like, he didn't understand why my doctor made decisions on the certain medications. He's like, when you're doing IVF cycles, you need to keep things consistent and only change one thing. Because if you're changing everything, you don't you know, know what's working, what's yeah. not. And he's like, that's just basic scientific, like, this is how you do well, that's it. That's what they say in pregnancies, each pregnancy, like you can't change your norm, right? Like you have people mm-hmm. who, and I hate to bring this up, but like you have people that are, you know, maybe drug addicts or, you know, smokers or drinkers, they still tell pregnant women to continue some variation of that. So you don't shock your body. Like your body can right. go through withdrawals. Like it's, it's your body tracks all the stuff. It, yeah. it, it wants it. So when you're on medication, you're, you're essentially on drugs, right? Yeah. Like you're feeding your body drugs and you start changing that. You're sending a shock through your system. Go, wait, I was getting this every day. Yeah. Now I'm not getting well, it. But you're yeah. also, you were getting this one heavy medication and now we're going to switch it for this heavy medication. Yeah. But and I gained so much weight. I was if you look at Jay's wedding pictures, I was going through IVF that yeah. time and my face is like, I was such, so like, I, I think I gained like 15 pounds through it all. And I also 80 pounds from my miscarriage through everything. So yeah. I'm normally 80 pounds less. It's crazy. I, uh, every miscarriage I gained, I called it my miscarriage 10. Cause I like, uh, how, when I'm feeling blue or whatever, like food is my comfort mm-hmm. and I would cook like all sorts of Italian. Like, I mean, it is just <laughs> free range. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I cope with food. And so, um, definitely like, I just now started being able to lose that weight. It just wouldn't come off. And I think I had to like work through some of the stuff for, I think it's like emotional hold too, yeah. like on it. Um, but yeah, so uh, we met back with Dr. Nodler and we, um, in December, he's like, let's, he's like, no one's ever checked your endometriosis, by the way, endometriosis that's has not whole, been established this whole yeah. time. That's, that's why I asked you earlier, like, did they know you have any, they know I have it and nobody's no doing one. anything. And I totally forgot that when I was 15 or 16, when I had my first laparoscopy where I got diagnosed for endometriosis, my doctor was like, when you start getting pregnant, when you want to get pregnant, have the surgery. You again. have to have it cleared. You have to have it cleared out. Mm-hmm. Cleared out. No one, no one looked at it. And I was, and I, I asked him, how is this possible? How am I going to a fertility clinic? And they're not doing it. And he said, most doctors aren't certified to do that surgery. And they're not versed in the disease. That yeah. was the other thing I learned when trying to find a specialist is it's now getting more traction, but yeah. I mean, at least in the time that I, when we were trying, like nobody is 
I had to f- seek out somebody who yes. specialized in it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so you did the surgery in December. Yeah. So, um, after all of this, after all this, Which I felt like such an idiot too, of like, why didn't I even think of that? And he, excuse me, he was just like, so shocked that no one had looked at it. Well, you shouldn't as the patient, right? right. You're not the doctor. Right. But I was like, well, when I had my topic pregnancy, that surgery, I said, she didn't see anything on, but she was only looking at my uterus. She, she wasn't looking at anything. Else. Yeah. She wasn't exploring other stuff. Right. She had a lot of her, I was bleeding internally. So she was right. like, <laughs> um, <laughs> there. So, um, he was like, well, I want to, I know. Cause I had, I, so that's when another thing, um, when you are transferring doctors, any images from surgeries do not go with your file. Uh, it's like oh, a liability thing really? or something. So make sure you keep your images. I have have all my images. Yeah. Yeah. And bring, you have to physically bring them in. So he was like, honestly, like I need to see what's going on in there. And another thing he said is the clinic I went to, they always, and all the clinics I learned now tell that they have the best labs, but the clinic that I had done all my other stuff with, which I have four embryos frozen still there, um, their scale was only like good average poor. It wasn't the six point scale. And I didn't know that that was a thing. And so he's like, these embryos may not be as high quality as they're saying. We don't know. But he's like, let's figure out first, step one, uterine cap. Like we got to figure out what's going on. Step two, we'll do egg retrieval and we'll really find out if those eggs are good or not. Because- So he wants to do an egg retrieval. Yeah, so I would have to start the whole process over. So what does he recommend you do with the four embryos you already have? So they do not- and this is true to a lot of clinics is they won't accept embryos from another clinic because they're not in charge of the whole process and the maintaining of them, that it's too much of a liability. And I'm guessing too, it ruins their numbers. Like they want to be controlled from the beginning to make sure it's done the proper way, because that's like such a huge factor See, of a transfer. I know people who have transferred clinics and shipped their eggs. Yeah, this this clinic wouldn't accept it. But I understand that. Yeah, and it now that you sense. said it, it makes sense. Like yeah, why because, would I start? Well, but again, the quality, so the genetic testing of my embryos was not done at my clinic. They were done. It was done in Vegas. Oh, so they biopsy my, or they took the cells from my embryos, froze my embryos and shipped. Yeah. I think that's what they did. Vegas. Um, but I'm wondering, yeah. So it wasn't my yeah. clinic who said that they were viable or not. It was the genetic, like I talked to a geneticist. Oh, see, I, mean, the, uh, I don't know who Vegas. did mine. I just got the paperwork from it. See, I never got any paperwork, but we got a call from the geneticist Mm -hmm. in Vegas. Interesting. That told us both times, but I guess that makes sense because right. If, if I'm this doctor and I contract this lab, this lab may have different standards Mm -hmm. than this lab. So yeah, Mm -hmm. your embryos that are these great high quality embryos may not be, they may may not be, they may be a five versus a six, right? Like they may not make all the difference in whether it's going to be a healthy pregnancy and a baby or not. Yeah. So I get that. that so, yeah. So, and, and, um, but he's like, let's figure this out. And he also was so confused why my doctor did an ERA and then basically never continued that type of cycle. So it was kind of a waste. Yeah. So, and, you know, and very professionally, he's saying this stuff. He's not like talking bad about the doctor, but he was just like, I've been very confused about, cause I have like Chelsea's motherhood journey and everything's documented of like, what my lat like I have it like yeah. it's like a four page document because I've had to go to so many different doctors like it's just easier here mm-hmm. read through this it says I have like highlights like I've had two miscarriages in a topic like 
missing yeah. fallopian tube, endometriosis. Like I have like, here's the high level. And then here's like details what's happened over the six years. So in June, it'll be six years. Yeah. Um, of starting this wonderful journey. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, uh, I'm, um, getting ready for surgery this past December. Um, and then right before I go in, he's like, Hey, I'm also going to look at your fallopian tube. We haven't looked at it. You haven't looked at it in years. If it is has scar tissue or is blocked, I'm taking it out. He's like, I don't want to wake you up, get your consent and mm-hmm. put you back under. Okay. Like, we're just going to take it out. Cause this is going to be a problem. We already know we're, you know, doing IVF. Cause I told him, I was like, honestly, I would love to not have to do IVF again. I would like if everything I could just try naturally, right. like, cause I've really been toying. Do I want to keep doing IVF or not? Cause it was such hell on my body. It just, is. and yeah, it's expensive number one. And then just the whole emotional, physical thing you're going through. I mean, you're on so many hormones, like, and you know how, um, pregnant women have like their hair falling out when they give birth. Like I would like my hair kept thinning, like each cycle, because it's like, you're on all this medication and it's like, gets thick. And then it's like, yeah. falls out. Um, so it's just a lot. And, um, you know, and still having that conversation and thinking, do I want to, like, am I going to be a parent? Like, what does this look like? Um, and so when I had my surgery, um, we got some bad news. It was not 30% Asherman's. My entire uterus internally had scar tissue. The I, whole thing. The whole, whole body. Yeah. I just got chills. Like the whole thing. He's like, you should have never done IVF. You're not a candidate with your uterus at this stage. So, so I just spent how much money? Right. Now here's my, like, can you take his medical opinion? Like, I'm sorry, here's the legal part of me. Like, yeah. and just be like, dude, like, what did you do? No, because they can't, it's the same thing with your endometriosis. How long has it been? Yeah, that? that's also true. That's what they told me with mine. Yeah. So he so said, good news is you have a cavity, which I don't really know what that means. <laughs> like a uterine cavity? Yeah. He, Cause he's like, some women don't even have, and I, he was, and I didn't, I was just so shocked. So he said, you're not as of right now, like we cannot, we're not doing that yet. You can't, your body cannot support this. The other thing that was different is I had no blood flow to my uterine lining. It was white. He's like, you, they could scratch it. No blood came. Jesus. So this is my fourth hysteroscopy at this point. And so I asked him uh, later because he was like telling me this as I'm like drugged up because at this surgery center didn't allow anyone in there. So like Joey wasn't Right there. They also, by the way, gave me my cell phone. Like I had my cell phone on me when I'm coming post like off and I sent out most ridiculous shit (laughs) because (laughs) I'm like coming out of anesthesia and like texting, like just wild stuff to people. Oh my God. I think I text my sister. But, um, so anyways, he said, like, he called me later that evening and was just like, you have a 50% chance is roughly what I see. Cause he's deals more with Asherman's. Okay. So 50% chance of getting pregnant or staying pregnant. 50% 50% chance of uh, having my uterus be in a position where it could support a pregnancy. So after all you've been through. And this could have been that thing the whole time. He said it. I was like, well, but he could it be, sure. I was like, could it um, have increased from all these surgeries? And he's like, no. Yeah, you could have just been like this that. This has been like this from the start. So that I... <laughs> I found that on a Friday and then Jay, my brother, they had their gender reveal the next day. And I was just like, fuck all this. Like, oh no. Which 
I didn't know because they were doing it on Facebook and yeah. I ended up watching like a bit of it, but I was just like, I don't think I can like That's mentally handle. Yeah. It's a lot. It was a lot. I was in a dark spot. I even like asked Joey, I'm like, do you want to, are you, cause he is close to adoption. Like he does not want to adopt. And so for him, if this doesn't work out, surrogacy, which I don't know if I want to spend a hundred thousand dollars right. on it. Um, well, but how would you do, you would have to do surrogacy with the four embryos that you are. Right. Have, so he's like, because you can't do IVF again. No, I, I could do an egg retrieval. You could do an egg retrieval. I was going to say, she yeah. can still do that. I just, just can't, can't do a transfer. Okay. I just can't get pregnant. Got so, okay, that makes sense. so my doctor is like, so what we do. So here's the thing. Number one, do you still want to move forward? Like if you're at your breaking point, I had a question. Yeah. So your fallopian tube though, was your uh -huh. fallopian tube? Oh, though? it was fine. So they left it. They left it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that was the first thing I asked when I came out of surgery. I was like, do I still, do I still have my fallopian tube? <laughs> that was the first time I had Sorry, surgery. I, the first time I had surgery, I looked right at the doctor. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I found a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Thank the Lord. I heard crazy. that on your podcast. Yeah. And John was like, they found a lot of we shit. They found a lot of shit in there. It's that so was, validating though. Right, because then I remember telling the doctor before my surgery, what happens if you go in there and you don't find something? And he was like, oh, I'm going to find something. Like, yeah. There's no reason why there's all something of this there. happened to you. Like yeah. you shouldn't be. And that was the first thing I said to Jen. I found a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> oh yeah. So he's like, you know, you have a 50% um, chance. Like, but what we do is do a high dose of estrogen. He's like typically around six months. Um, this is when I'll know one way or another. So I'll come back in at three months and do an in-office hysteroscopy because he's like, I don't want to keep putting you under right. surgery. And so I did, I was like, well, F it, right? Might as well just try it. You've already done this. I, and it was the same amount of estrogen I was on during IVF. And so I know that it doesn't really bother me that much. Um, like the first couple of weeks, I'm a little crazy, mm -hmm. but uh, levels <laughs> out. lovely drug. Yeah. So I would do 30 days of high dose of estrogen, 10 days of progesterone to have a period, 30 days of high dose. Okay. And so on my um, third cycle of that, so I went in and did, this was like in the beginning of April. I went in and did a, an office hysteroscopy, which there was a, I, so that shouldn't have hurt. Cause it's just a, I mean, you should have cramping because it's just a camera and mm -hmm. they weren't doing anything, but there was a little bit of scar tissue. And so he's like, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to break this up. He's like, this is going to be very painful. <laughs> Didn't you like laughing gas or anything? No, <laughs> but he like, at least he gave me a heads up and he's like using the camera and he's like, luckily this is breaking pretty easily. <laughs> and I'm just, he's like, make sure you breathe though. Cause I was just like, <gasps> But I took um, some Valium before I went. So I was, you were good. I was a little better than, yeah. Cause I was, cause I asked them, do you medicate? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, I'm going to self-medicate. So <laughs> I will be on something yeah. when I get here. Yeah. I'm like, what do I do? Muscle relaxer Valium. So, which was great of doing it then because he, um, okay. So back up. So before I, well, I can just say, so, uh, my uterine had turned pink. So my lining was like, I was progressing and I actually was progressing a lot faster than he thought. Oh, nice. He's like, you probably only need to do another month. And then what's the purpose of this is to see if my uterine lining gets blood flow. Cause in okay. December, there was no blood coming yeah, to it. It. Got it. White. it was all white scar tissue. So this, the estrogen basically makes your uterine, uterine lining like fluffy. And so mm -hmm. it helps like protect it. Um, and so to get it healthy again. Um, so we got, I got great news that like, Hey, it's actually looking better than what I expected. And 
we're going to do another month and then let's start the IVF process. Or if you guys want to try naturally, like he was fully supportive of that as well. So start the IVF process. Again, the egg retrieval. egg retrieval. Yeah. Yeah. So do another egg retrieval and then do, um, you know, the transfers. Um, and, and he even said like, before we knew that when we were talking about if surrogacy is a thing, he's like, well, honestly, I would just recommend like, if you have those four eggs, if you just want to try those first versus having it, if you don't want to go through the process again, mm -hmm. you know, like you would have to do it with that other clinic, but I'm like, I do not want to deal with that clinic. No, not after what um, you just found So he's out. saying you could get a surrogate and have the surrogate do a transfer with the four embryos you have and see what happens. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, no hard feelings. If you don't want to use my clinic. I, it makes sense. You have them already. Some women just don't want to go through the egg retrieval process. But you don't even so know intense. what quality they are. I mean, what's just, I mean, they're like good, they're, good, good. They're, you know, but it's not like, we don't really know, don't no. Really know. So, and if I'm honestly dropping a hundred thousand dollars, what's an extra five, <laughs> ten? Right. Like, it's like, just add it on. <laughs> like, you know, my kitchen reno, like budget, all the money went in there. Right. <laughs> like, just keep spending money. Why right. not? In that same mindset. Um, so one of the things I did, I was looking up a lot of stuff and I go to a prenatal, um, and family chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do acupuncture I've done acupuncture for years. And so one thing that my chiropractor recommended is Mercier therapy. And what that is, is a deep tissue massage <laughs> manipulation, um, of your uterus. Like they are pressing on your uterus and it's supposed to help blood flow. Um, there, they have some studies, but I mean, it's not like necessarily scientifically backed and it's like $3,000, um, for six weeks. And it's like an hour session basically. And it is painful because <laughs> they are really manipulating stuff. Um, and then you feel exhausted. So I did that in January and I really do think that had a contributing factor. Mm -hmm. I also was really good on my diet and, um, continue doing acupuncture. Cause that's all about like blood flow. Like right, right. I was doing all the things like how do we increase blood flow? How do we increase blood flow? But at the same time, I'm also thinking, do I even like, I was felt like I was coming out of this survival mode at this, the first quarter of this year mm -hmm. of like really thinking. And also mm -hmm. thinking about things like I had done so much of my life preparing for this baby the last six years from diet of everything that was going in my body, all this stuff. And like doing that Mercier therapy, I was just, I was starting to like, kind of realize that. I'm tired of living in this like holding pattern mm -hmm. of I'm not living my life for me and what are things that I want to do. So it has been this like huge mind shift mindset shift this year of like, okay, well, if I can't have kids, what does that look like? And am I okay with that? And sitting with that and being a lot more. And I also like felt like I could, I was not avoiding situations anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was back on social media and you know, was able to do things with my friends who have kids and not feel like this gut-wrenching heartache. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was really working through stuff, but it was definitely a mindset shift of 50% chance, like go one way or another. And it's really like, not up to me. Like I'm doing all the things. So yeah. I just know myself that like, I have to make sure I'm doing all the things possible for me to be like, okay, I'm done. Um, so when we got the news in April, super excited about that. And so currently right now I'm on another high dose of estrogen and, mm -hmm. and like next week I'm going in to do another hysteroscopy and then we'll get like the go ahead of which way we want to do. Um, but honestly, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know we'll, we'll do something, but it's just like, there's so much going on and stuff, but like, that's where I am right now of just, I kind of just want to see what happens. And I really feel like, like a natural cycle. Yeah. Know? I, yeah. 
I mean, I don't want to track ovulation. I don't want to get all crazy again. Like it's definitely been a big shift for me of like, I want to start living my life for me and not be like, oh, when we have kids then we'll do these things Right. because everything I would put on, or even like planning vacations. I don't know if you guys did this or like, oh, if I'm pregnant, like I can't go on the ski I did trip. She did I didn't go anywhere for years. Yeah. I didn't I, do anything for years because I might be pregnant. Yeah. yeah. See, we only tried the once and I was one and done. Like, yeah. it was so traumatic. Like, looking back at it, it was so traumatic for me that I didn't want to sit in it. Like, I didn't want to yeah. have that. Like, I, I commend you for doing it. <laughs> I was one and done. I was like, all right. Well, and but also, too, with the doctor and everything. Yeah. Based on what I was having, they told me that I would have to do IVF. Like, I didn't have an option yeah. to try naturally again. Yeah. They were scared because of the atopic pregnancy and, and the fact that I had one tube that wasn't working. That yeah. They would just happen again because they didn't yeah. remove my tube. I'm surprised they didn't. They removed it with the hysterectomy. Yeah. So I was okay. living with with a black tube for God knows how long. Yeah. Okay. Um but yeah I didn't I didn't let I didn't one and we were one and done and it didn't I didn't do all those other things. Yeah I guess yeah. I'm just like a glutton for <laughs> like so much. But yeah it's definitely um I think like when I, and just me as a person, when I like set my mind to something like, this is something I want, this is life experience. Like I'm going to go through all this stuff, but it has definitely this year been eye-opening and really healing of, I've been through a lot. You like have. this is a lot. You've been through a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I know anybody. I mean, I knew you were going to, I didn't know it in this detail. Like I <laughs> yeah. was, I was thinking, okay, maybe one miscarriage. I knew that you had done the idea, yeah. but all of this in between, I didn't know. And I'm like, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah it's and it's really heavy. And you know, one thing too, going through it, like I'm, like I said earlier, like pretty open, there's not, I don't think there's anything I don't share, but it's, what's been really interesting is as our, like our close group of friends know pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, but like people make comments, which this is, I'm sure you guys get this of like, do y'all want kids? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> so when are you starting? Like you, how long have you been married? Seven years. And you want kids? Like, don't you think it's about time? I'm like, what? Nope. Honestly, if My, I'm saying I want kids and I've been married for seven years and I do not have children, like, can we connect the dots that there's right. something happening? We've started just saying, like, we done IVM doesn't work. We tried. <laughs> yeah. I just tell people I don't have a woman because <laughs> I, what I, and so Nikki said that to somebody and she was like, was that, was that too much? And I'm like, you know what? It's an invasive question. You're asking about my sex life, number one, <laughs> right? Which is weird in so itself. So it's none of your. It would be like, how much money do you have in your bank account? Yeah. What's your social security number? It's your retirement account. But I started a couple of years ago making people feel really uncomfortable. Oh, I love it. And I love it. I relish yes. in it because I'm like, you need to learn from the situation. Oh, yes. my sister That's used to get her. so pissed because I yeah. used to do it. She's like, Nick, stop doing it. I'm like, they shouldn't be asking no. me. You should learn. You need to learn. Yeah. Especially like, and it depends on the person too. Like sometimes I know, but, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to I don't and know this person. But... doesn't know me that well, but like knows of me. Mm -hmm. Like you're not a friend. So don't like ask, like, I'd be more open to tell you like, hey, yeah. like, like if you asked me that question yeah. and I know you wouldn't, but I would be more open to telling you because I'm, I consider you, you know, a yeah. maintenance, a friend or whatever, yeah. but somebody who like, I know like via, or you know, don't know you friend, at all, like you're just being a weird person yeah. at a barbecue. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, I love, I love making people uncomfortable. It's, it is actually really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and my thought is hopefully they don't, cause, cause could you imagine I'm teaching like them a life somebody lesson. though, like. I just, I just had a miscarriage and you're asking me that right. question. Yeah. yeah. So you were going to learn that this mm -hmm. isn't so, appropriate to, so you don't do it again. And you don't hurt so, else. <laughs> yeah. Which that was kind of a silver lining of all the miscarriages. No one in my family or friends ever asked like about if we're trying nothing, it doesn't get brought up. And it's so nice because 
some of my friends who've had miscarriages and they haven't shared that they get mm-hmm. asked all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, see, if you just tell them you had a miscarriage, yeah. that drops off. Right. And that's a very good point because I didn't tell anybody in my family, but when we would get asked, I would just say, I can't. Like I just left it at I so, see I'm more vocal now and I am more I'm more vocal now. now. Oh yeah. I would say I I have said I've had three miscarriages. I've lost a fallopian tube and I've gone through IVF and it didn't work. So mm-hmm. what more do you want me to do? Yeah. Like and then uh I hate when people are like, you just need to relax. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we literally just had this conversation <laughs> last week. You need to relax, go on vacation. Are you doing this position or your feet on the wall? I'm like, we tried to for years. Yeah. I've done everything that you're <laughs> right. going to suggest. Yeah. Everything. You're yeah. going to suggest. That's the thing too. It's not even just trying everything. There, just are women, there are women who actually do get pregnant. Hence all of us. Yeah. But there is nothing you could do after that stage. I can try every position. Doesn't mean I can carry it. Yeah. Term. Same, same. That's yeah. like my thing is like, I've been able to get pregnant, haven't been able to carry it. Yeah. But one thing you said about like not having a womb. And I wonder if you felt this way, because when I found out in December that there was a chance that like my uterus is a scarred. I can't carry. I, it really kind of shook my identity as like identifying as a woman. Not that I didn't identify it, but just like, to me, that is like, it was really hard for me of like, what do you mean? I can't do this. And I had to work through like, mm-hmm. no, you're still, you're, yeah. still well, female, you're still a female. You're still like, because it was, it was really hard for me of like, I didn't feel that way anymore. So I was told at my first surgery that I was probably going to end up having one. Okay. So I kept pushing off the, the decision, so to speak. Right. It wasn't until going to Dr. Cowan here in Austin, where, you know, my pain was so that I st- that's when I started getting more emotional about things. Like I would yeah. call her crying. I call my friend Haley, I call my sister crying. But before when I was younger, anytime I had surgery or I went to the doctor, I was fine with it. Yeah. I think now that I'm older and now it's settled in, like I'm 37 years old, like this is it, you know? Yeah. And again, I didn't try afterwards. Right. So part of, I think part of me sometimes gets that, well, what if we did try again? But I, I've also taught myself, I can't torture myself because yeah. at the same time, I know that, and even the doctor said to me, you know, with the whole hysterectomy, because I have a dental myosis. I had a whole bunch of scar tissue inside yeah. my uterus. I could no problem getting pregnant. Like they were shocked how quickly I got pregnant, yeah. but they couldn't guarantee me that I would carry. Yeah. Whatever you can. Yeah. But it was, it was I was at higher high, risk. Yeah. yeah. I was at higher risk because of the dental risk, <laughs> yeah. which they knew I had, but they couldn't figure it out until they took the uterus out. Oh yeah, that's so, so weird. I wonder if it's changed like now. Well, actually no, because it's just recent. Yeah. It was like, I was like, it was yeah. last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something I had to like work through. I, was, I don't think I answered the question yeah. though. Like the womanhood thing didn't come We've up until recently. Yeah. Okay. Like, am I less of a woman because, but it goes the same thing with the attachment to kids. Am I less of a woman because I don't have kids? I mean, I have yeah. two dogs. They're like toddlers. Yeah. Permanent fucking toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> but like that attachment, I had to separate it. Like you yeah. said earlier, this is the pregnancy and it's the children. I, there's a lot of children that need, if I really, this is the one thing we've talked about. Some people would say, if you really wanted it, you'd figure out a way to do it. Right. But well, you've you, been told that. Yeah, I've been told that. And it's not, and that's that same question. Is it the life experience of being pregnant mm-hmm. or is it, do I want to have it? Do I have my moments where I'm like, well, this would be nice if we had it. But there's times where I'm like, I kind of like the fact that it's just John and I, and yeah. you know, it's okay. To, and I've been called selfish for that. That's another thing I've gotten. Interesting. But I feel yeah. like the, the feeling of being less than or less of, because mm-hmm. you can't, right. And so I, I have 
an 11 year old, but he's not my husband. My husband legally adopted him after mm-hmm. we got married. Okay. Um, so I have a, a, my head and then my husband adopted because we get the adoption question. Like, well, Shane already adopted Gavin. Right. So yeah. He's already adopted a kid. He doesn't want to adopt another kid. Yeah. Right. Um, it was the, the idea of having something that was him, right? You finally need the love of your life and you want something that you make together. Yeah. I thought it's so interesting you say that. Cause I just feel like having a child with someone is such like a true show of your love and right. like commitment and yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, so it was just definitely a lot of stuff I had to yeah. work through. So that's another that. thing that I tried working through too, because it's a lot of the generational things that we're taught. Right. Yep. And we just recently talked about this too. It's like you get married or you get engaged. You're you're supposed to. I just had the same conversation yeah. with my younger sister. You're supposed to do all these things. And yes. we're, we're starting to break those trends, but that's a very good thing. You guys both looked at it. I, you know, wanting something as a, a sign of commitment and true love for your husband, not saying that I didn't want that with it, but I never looked at it that way, that way. Like, of course I would love to give him a family, but it wasn't, it wasn't a true testament of my love. I don't know how to explain yeah. that. See, I'm not, it's not a true testament of my love, but it's like, I have a, a kid with somebody. I'm not with that person anymore. Like he signed over his rights and, you know, Shane adopted him, but it's like, I just the idea of like, and I think it's more so seeing people we know now have kids and it's like, mm-hmm. that's what they make. What would we have made? Yeah. Right. And that I get sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, what yeah. would, what would, what would our kid be like? Right. What yeah. personality? Oh, I what, I have something so I'm going to admit, I mean, admit right now that I don't think I've ever said out loud. John is probably the only other person I know this. <laughs> when we first got married and we were conversating, I found this thing on Facebook where you put your pictures together and you can, I still have that picture of what our baby would look like. Oh, I'm the little <laughs> one that Like it's like, that's yeah. something that I should have deleted years ago. So I do have these like subconscious thing. Yeah. I just don't, they haven't come to the surface. Yeah. Like speaking of, like I said, that room, like that was one thing my therapist had said, like, you need to make this room something special for you. Who cares? And I finally started doing that in the fall. And like, now I have a little craft reading room and got a new, a day bed in there. Like, and so it has been super therapeutic of like letting that go. Mm -hmm. And cause even when I was doing it, I was like, well, what if I get pregnant? And like, like, what are you, yeah, just, you can't, like, I can't have my life on hold anymore. And I just feel like this year for me has been a very big shift of how I'm thinking and how I'm looking at my future and things that I'm willing to accept and not, Mm -hmm. and just really like standing up for myself and also doing what I want to do. Like if I have a glass of, you know, like I was saying, I, I drank yesterday. Like I don't have this guilt anymore mm-hmm. that like, oh my gosh, I'm inflaming my body and I'm not right. helping. Cause I didn't realize how much guilt I was carrying. Not that I thought I was responsible for any of the stuff I mm-hmm. went through, but just that I need to be doing everything possible. I got so like crazy about it. Yeah. I mean, obsessed. you can't help to go down that road too. I mean, yeah. I didn't like, what did I do? Like, what yeah. did I do wrong? Like, and I was healthy. I was doing yeah. boot camp. I mean, I drank obviously, right? but like, I was healthy yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And I, all my blood yeah. work is fine. Like everything's yeah. fine. There's oh, nothing I that's love, popped up. All my blood work is fine. And I love you. You have so many eggs. I know I have so many eggs, but like, yeah, no, like, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with him. What did we, what were, oh, yeah. so the, after our second IVF cycle where we had no viable embryos, my, my husband asked like the geneticist that we talked to, well, what, what's causing this? Like mm-hmm. what's causing these abnormalities? Is there something we can take? Is there a vitamin we can take? And the, the genesis, there's nothing wrong with, like, there's nothing either one of you can yeah. do. It literally is luck of the draw of what 
the embryos okay. are like right. what is when they start to form yeah what and there's nothing that you can do Mm-mm. to change that no it's it's insanity <laughs> right. um i say this is a good time to segue into our question oh yeah. yes i have one final question for you then even okay. though i feel like i could talk to you i know i feel like we can have this conversation i know hours. i'm like looking at i feel I like uh, about two hours i have a is- really long story <laughs> No, it's been um, great. And not to rush this. I, I just no. looked at two hours and I didn't know yeah. if you were driving back to me. I'm not. No, okay. no, no I no. do have to pick my son up. Oh, yeah, I sent just... him on a play date because it's <laughs> so I could come here. I'm supposed to um, pick him up. But before seven. we have this bet, thank you. Like this For is. Sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I had chills, full body chills through most of your conversation. Yeah. I would also appreciate the camp, like you left and you're, you're at a place where like you are glowing. I know that's, that's like a, a weird thing to say, but like, yeah. you look to me truly happy. Thank you. And it's, it's uh, for everything that you've been through. It's, you don't it's, look like you've you, been through exactly. all the trauma you've been through. And that's the thing. Trauma is definitely not something we see, but for somebody who's been through what you, like the way that you're, you don't carry it. Yeah. Thank visibly. you. Yeah. You I probably carry it internally, but I've done a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of like hip release, you know, all the stuff where yeah. it's like supposed to like, just, uh, we should get you in contact stuff. with my, our friend, my friend, Kat, she was our first episode. She does, um, somatic release, somatic release. Yoga. Yoga. She does yeah. it virtually too. Yeah. Um, you can find all of her stuff. On oh, she's, uh, oh, coming to a, our retreat and I'm yes, doing a retreat. No. November, we changed the date. Yes, November twelfth. November twelfth. We well, officially, well, it's announced, but we haven't officially done like flyers and all that. But we're yeah. hosting. Nikki and I are hosting a retreat. Yeah, um, here in Austin. Ed and Kat is going to lead us She's in a somatic doing release yoga, yoga. and we're doing it with um oh, Austin so pop up retreats. So oh, very cool. Yeah. So That's very be cool. like a day of yeah rest and relaxation. So, so yeah. good. Um, okay, final question for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing you used to apologize for in the past, but you are unlikely to apologize for now? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have to go thinking of, I used to be so hard on myself of the things I was doing and felt like how I said, I've had this mind uh, mindset shift and I would be I would, I would just keep like apologizing to myself every time I would mess up of like being hard on myself and like having to forgive myself. So I think changing that. And even like, if, like I said, we're getting to a point where we could do another egg retrieval and I'm, I'm 33. So my doctor's like, well, maybe just do it in the next year. But, and so I'm really taking a pause of, and finally taking time for myself and like taking that back of what do I want my life to look like and all this stuff. And so I used to carry all this guilt and I guess it technically isn't apologizing but just being unapologetically selfish right now is where I'm at because it's fine like I wanted like coming here to this like I wanted to do this in person um I have a friend who lives here so it was like I made a whole thing of it and just being that's fine like Mm -hmm. it's I want to live my life the way I want to live it and I feel like the last six years I've just been in this weird holding pattern of just waiting for the next step of my life and the next chapter to start that I forgot to live and be true to myself. Um, so that's great. That's oh, my goal. So maybe that's why I feel I'm yeah. radiating. You are, you're radiating. Like I wish I, we had video you know, so that you could see it, but you could hear it in your voice. Like, yeah. This is gonna definitely I'm, yeah. Remember. I just like, I'm okay with waiting and I'm okay. I've gotten to the point, like I am okay if we don't, I think I, I will be a mother somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like, um, but I'm okay with not knowing 
is where I'm at, which was something that I've never been either. But yeah, I would say like unapologetically selfish right now. That's perfect. I can't wait to put that on one of our Yeah, it's definitely where I'm at. I love it. Thank you so much yeah, for being you here. You guys are so welcome. I really Making enjoyed the, this. Yeah. Making the journey to be here and yeah. just sharing um, everything that you've been through. You've, you've been through a lot and it's, yeah. it's incredible to see the smile that you can have <laughs> after coming out of everything you've been yeah. through. Yeah. I mean, life's too short, right? So it is. You only have one. That's yeah, what John, you only John have and I one, say that all the time. You only one, have one. I'm learning to control the, to, to not obsess over the things that I can't control. Yes. Yeah. And I just feel like that's a huge yeah. thing that I feel like you yeah. like radiating that. Like, Thanks. You know. Yeah. That's a really hard for me. Cause I am kind of a control freak. <laughs> we but all are. We, yeah. Yes, Especially yeah. with that stuff where you're like, I have to do all the things, but yeah. anyways, thank you guys so much. And, um, if any of your listeners want to reach out to yeah, me, yeah, Steph, oh, yeah, you. Um, <laughs> so my Instagram <laughs> is just, uh, at miss Charles Munoz. Um, and so if someone just wants to DM me there, if they have any, questions or we'll link it in the show yeah notes. yeah your happy etsy to... store you... oh my etsy oh, store yes. is Munsell mercantile so we do shadow boxes and yes. stuff like that so any woodworking stuff please go so check it out email me the link and i'll yeah. pop that in the show notes too. yeah for sure so you know the sign that's going into my bedroom that yeah. says that um we weren't born here but we got here as fast as we can uh they made it jay yeah. jay got it for us when we moved to austin for brother. i designed Yay. it yeah i'm a self-taught graphic <laughs> designer <laughs> email um yeah. email us the link to your Etsy shop. Okay. And when I do the uh, show notes, I'll pop that in and okay. Instagram handle. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, but awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you. All right. I guess that's it. Yay. Bye, everyone. Bye.